Sasha nodded. Andy was 23, an age that seemed infinitely world-wise to me, and one I couldn't imagine reaching. I waited for Sasha to utter the words cradle and snatching and conclude with a smirk, but instead he asked, Is your studying going well? I don't want to talk about school, I replied rashly. It's what you talk about when there's nothing else to say. All right. What do you want to talk about? There was a moment of silence between us, silence that made itself loud and conspicuous despite the music and the noise. University, I said, is harder than I thought it would be. I see. You're going to drop out then? No, I like it. But if you're not smart enough, I'll make myself smart, I said. I'll do it. I'm not worried. He nodded. You don't like defeat. Who does? I asked. Not me, he replied. We smiled at each other. Sasha sat back and linked his hands behind his head. I dabbed a finger to a bead of spilled beer and flicked off the drop that clung. It's terrible, discovering you're not as smart as you thought you were, I said. I can imagine. Whatever made you think you were smart? At school I used to get good marks. Maybe you were only smart in comparison to the people you were at school with. Did you go to school with a crowd of morons? I went to a private girls' school, I said. Some of them were very smart, but you could be dumb if you didn't have a boyfriend or you got your essays in on time or you didn't wear the latest clothes. Ah, so they were stupid. I smiled. Of course I had thought they were. They could be horrible, those girls. I sighed. I was glad to finish school and get away from them. You must have been lonely there. Long, lonely years. I did have some friends, I said hastily. I had a friend. I didn't hang around all by myself. One friend? Sasha cocked an eyebrow. And I knew it would end, that I'd eventually be free, that something better would come along. A new life? I hope so. Sasha took a pack of cigarettes from his coat pocket and stripped off the plastic. A new life, he said thoughtfully. You're smart and expensively educated, and you have, for goodness sake, a little silver bracelet around your wrist. Someone has hopes for you. But you're sitting at a sticky table in a dingy beer garden surrounded by alcohol and loud-mouthed strangers, spilling all your secrets to someone you hardly know. You're wearing new clothes. I think you bought them specially to wear tonight, but you went for appearance over comfort, and now you're cold, though you will not complain. Your boyfriend took the first opportunity to abandon you, forcing you to struggle on alone. This boyfriend is an unkempt fellow. He doesn't brush his hair. His clothes are sadly tatty. He doesn't have any money nor prospects to speak of. Somehow, I suspect your parents would not approve of your new life. Cigarette? I took one, and he sparked a flame in my face. I'm an oldest child, I told him. It's my duty to do things my parents don't like. That is an easy answer. I squinted at him through smoke and he looked back cagely. His skin was clear and coloured like sand as if he'd recently returned from somewhere coastal and warm, but he would remain that way the whole time I knew him and that was just the way he was. I've spent most of my life bored out of my mind, I said. I've spent most of it killing time. All those years don't matter to me. I had to live them in order to get here, tonight. I always knew who I was, inside. I knew how I wanted to be. 
I'm just not very practised at being it yet. He considered this, his cigarette to his lips. Is Andy your first boyfriend? He's not really my boyfriend. I hardly know him. How did you meet him? I told you at uni. But how? He persisted. How? The music and the noise had been getting louder, and by now we were straining to hear each other. Are you genuinely interested? I asked, or just making conversation? Making conversation, I suppose. I snorted. He's taking his time getting those beers. I can see him from here. He's talking to someone. So I told Sasha the story, having nothing else to say. My mother would have been pleased if she'd been there. Andy offered me a cup of tea. Sasha widened his eyes. How dashing, he said. I'd been perving on him since the start of the year, but he'd never once looked at me. And then one day, I was just sitting in the common room minding my own business, and he came in and started making a cup of tea. And he turned around and asked me if I wanted one. A cup of tea. And so the romance was brewed. I'm sure he'll come back for you eventually, what with that background between yourselves. Has he said anything about me? Simply that he'd met you. But what did he say? He didn't say a thing. Would you like that if he was discussing you with his friends? I don't know, I said. Maybe. You wouldn't, he assured me. He settled back in his chair and folded his arms. Andy is very kind, he said. You'll never forget your first boyfriend, so Andy will be a good first boyfriend for you to have. He will set a high standard, so you will never settle for less than you should. Sasha, stop it! He chuckled, smoke coming out his nose. His teasing made me pinken with happiness. His eyes roamed. Your bow returns. Andy put down three glasses of beer and frowned. Were you talking about me? No, said Sasha. I was asking Louis if Louis is short for Louise. It's not, I said. It's only Louis. Why? Did your parents want a boy? No, they just liked the name. What about you? How come you're Sasha? Are your parents Russian? <laughs> no, Sasha laughed. It's very sad. They wanted a dog. So that was how I met Sasha Johns, and through him, the rest. The night in the beer garden was the third time I had been out with Andy, and the first time we'd gone out with company. I wanted his friends to like me, and Andy wanted me to like his friends. It was no coincidence that Sasha was the first of them that I'd be invited to meet, and no lesser coincidence that Andy should get caught up on his way to the bar and leave the two of us alone so long. Sasha had charm, and wits he could call upon to fill a gaping silence, but more than that, Sasha was ringleader and mastermind. He was lying when he said I didn't need to impress him. Impressing him was everything. Life would have become difficult for Andy if he had liked someone that Sasha did not. Sasha didn't, for instance, care for Hastings' girlfriend, Elsbeth, and christening her with the nickname Handbrake, and soon everyone was calling her that and composing strange songs about her, and Hastings was made to suffer. But Hastings' role was vital to the running of the business, and he was treated more leniently than Andy could hope to be under similar scorn, for Andy was not indispensable. He wasn't there because they needed him. He was only there because his path had once crossed and linked with theirs. He shared years of history with them, but the business they operated was never a sentimental thing. 
He had the trust of his friends, but trust is cheap. You can buy trust with fear. They would have been disappointed to lose him, but friendships fizzle every day. They needn't have worried. Had Andy been driven to choose, he would never have chosen me, and I don't blame him for that. I don't take it as a personal insult. I know it is more important to have friends than girlfriends. It started to drizzle later in the evening and the three of us moved inside. The tables were all taken and we had to stand, guarding our glasses against elbows and gradually extending our tacky path of carpet. Sasha and Andy knew people and these people would struggle through the crowd to reach us and the conversation would be short and sharp, hacked down to essentials. How you doing, Andy? Good tone, yourself. Good, Andy. Sash? Tone. Things going well? Yeah. The visitor to our circle would flash a glance at me, someone they didn't know. Hi, I'm Tony. How you doing? Hello, I'm Louie. And the visitor would be lost for words, unable in the presence of a stranger to say the ones he'd hoped to. He'd swing his erratic attention to Sasha and say, Might drop in at your place this week. Wednesday, that okay? Sure, Sasha would say. Tony would look uncertain that he'd got his message across and slouch discontentedly back to the bar. They knew people there that they didn't talk to but cast resentful glares toward, and I wondered what dramas they had spun for themselves or if blood had really been spilled. When we left the pub, the night was colder and the street was black from the rain. People were on the footpath, talking and shivering, making plans for next weekend and kissing in the dark. Sasha walked ahead, his coat flashing at his heels, to where his car was parked on the far side of the road. Andy and I straggled after him.